You may be seated. I will read for you from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 7 through 10. And we have been paying attention to how Luke seems to be drawing our attention to values that are appropriate for the church uh, in the first generation and in this. Would any of you say to your servant, who had just come in from the field after plowing or tending sheep, come, sit down for dinner? Wouldn't you say instead, fix my dinner, put on clothes of a table servant, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you can eat and drink. You won't thank the servant because the servant did what you asked, will you? In the same way, when you have done everything required of you, you should say, we servants deserve no special praise. We have only done our duty. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Pray with me. Jesus, have mercy upon us and fill us with your word. And whatever Humble words are spoken and heard today. Let it be your word that shines through to our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This scripture in Luke 17 addresses our very identity, I think. In the 60s, some of you remember them. We would ask the simple question, who am I? Jesus gives us the answer. We are servants of God. We serve no one less than Jesus Christ, Son of God, Creator and Savior of the world. And that gives meaning and context for everything I do, whether leading a family, a church, teaching students, of facilitating a community or working in a company or organization. My dissertation studied the ethos of aligning ourselves with a whole system, my language for seeing and acting from God's perspective. We are servants of God. Is that a burden or a blessing? I think of it more as a blessing. When I heard one night, I depend on you, I felt blessed, though I knew the responsibility. But seeing oneself as a servant of Christ is so much a part of the traditional culture of the Christian church that it seems unnecessary to name it as a value, but perhaps this is a good time to remember. Gospel writer Luke gives us another of Jesus' lessons 
he seems to be telling the early church. In that time, according to the church's history, as told by Luke in the Acts of the Apostles, followers of Jesus' way were selling their property and giving it to the disciples so they could provide for the growing number of followers, including widows. The disciples were on a mission and were being persecuted. After Judas' suicide, all but one of the other apostles were executed by cross, by axe, by sword, or by being burnt or even skinned alive. They were committed to the way of Jesus, even after seeing him crucified. They traveled thousands of miles by foot, boat, or animal. They witnessed, they built churches, they crossed legal and social boundaries to share the salvation story. Servant of God was their identity. And it didn't stop with them. They became a model that was picked up by every generation after, by monks, teachers, preachers, farmers, builders, and followers who gave all they had. In America, it was taken up by preachers on horseback called Methodist circuit riders whose life expectancy in the ministry was about two years, but who as a group took the church to every town, village, and urban neighborhood in the nation. Francis Asbury, the first Methodist bishop, is said to have traveled 300,000 miles on horseback or in carriage and preached 16,000 sermons. He was clearly a person of purpose, a servant of Christ. Well, this scripture advises the follower of Jesus not to expect the special treatment, not to serve for rewards or expressions of gratitude, but to serve because it is our God calling. And we are privileged to be doing our duty according to a larger purpose, to follow Jesus' commission, to, to take the invitation to a loving fellowship to every part of the world. I suppose my first model as a young boy was Albert Schweitzer, a medical missionary in equatorial Africa. He, he didn't serve for recognition or gift. He did it to bring life-giving salvation story to its physical and spiritual dimensions to people and communities there. Yet while doing so, he practiced theology and philosophy, contributing significantly to our understanding of Pauline scriptures and receiving the Nobel Peace Prize for philosophy. A modern day Schweitzer is a man I know as Elder Lee Hyun Soo. I worked with him in Korea 35 years ago when he was branch manager of a biochemical company in Incheon. He later created and sold two companies for great profits. He, believing he didn't deserve the fortune, he discussed it with his sons who advised him to do with it as he wished. And therefore, in his retirement, he has spent six months of every year in Uganda, where he established a self-supporting agricultural mission 
with school and health care system. In the six months he spends in Korea, he supports an orphanage and boarding school for North Korean escapees. So whether we're highly educated or, and wealthy or young and undecided, God has given us each different gifts that we can use to fulfill our service to Christ. We are all spiritual beings, given a purpose, a calling, related to spreading the love of God. I, I discovered that when I was sent to Detroit that it matters not where you are, that in every place you find yourself is the center of the universe. Whether it's a neighborhood in Detroit or a lakeshore community of Whitefish Bay, whether you're a student in high school or president of a major organization, I, I learned that a difference that you make, even the smallest difference that you make, where you are, can have ramifications across the world. Because I organized 20 neighborhood planning events in Detroit, I was sent to organize the same in several hundred villages in central India. Detroit became a precursor for Buffalo, New York, and India became a model for Kenya. Similarly, this church was an early advocate for small group ministry. The lessons of this church made their way into my doctoral dissertation in 1990 and shaped the way I think about ministry. In the, early, in, the, in the late 90s, I was serving as an interim pastor of a rural church in Greenbush, Sheboygan County, and sent members from that church for weekend training here in small group formation. That church, told by their former pastor to close, is still thriving 25 years later with a new parking lot a two-story addition, and an elevator. The people of this church are so giving, so mindful, so faithful in their serving that there is nothing outside its control to keep it from being a, turching, a teaching, serving, leading church for years to come. You're part of that. It requires each of us seeing ourselves as servants of Christ, sent by God into ministry and seeing how our impact extends beyond the boundaries of our home, work, or community. That's not difficult. We all influence others already. You don't have to play violin to be an influence. Thank you. We are an influence just by showing up. There was a table of men at last week's Wednesday Night Live in the center of the hall. They may not have gone to class. They may not have cleaned the room. They may not have done anything other than showing up. But in so doing, they inspired and encouraged younger families by their very presence. This week, Dan Pagel showed up. Several people mentioned to me the fact that these men were present. They have served the church many hours, many years, many ways in the past and came as a witness 
for those doing so now. We choose who we serve. We can choose to serve ourselves, our families, our close friends. We, we can choose to serve our employer. Well, I once was caught in, in a dilemma between uh, choosing between serving God's creation or my employer, a, a drug company. And you can try to guess how I got to a drug company. I chose to serve God. Got in difficulty with the employer until I helped them find a way to align their interests with the interests of God's creation. And my service to both increased. Similarly with the family. My wife and I know we were given responsibility by God to raise our children. Like Samuel's mother, Hannah, we prayed for children and we got them. We raised them and provided them with resources and experiences to put them in best position and attitude to love God, care for loved ones, and serve in the world. This church was an essential part of their spiritual formation. While doing that, J.R. and I serve God in the world. She as counselor and I as professor preparing college students for a career of service in the nonprofit sector. Now that our children are grown, J.R. and I can spend the rest of our lives serving God and the Church of Jesus Christ. This is the covenant we made. This is our identity. And at the end of our lives, I hope we are able to say with the scripture, we deserve no special praise. We've only done our duty. But I would, I would add, it's a great ride. What makes it so? I know, like you, that I come from God. Like you, I'm called by God. Like you, I am baptized in the discipleship of Jesus Christ. There is no other purpose that would give me greater meaning than to be the servant of God. I've been son, brother, husband, father. I've had a dozen different jobs, both blue and white collar. I've traveled a lot and lived in many, many places. Nothing gives me greater purpose, instills greater passion, gives me greater happiness than seeing myself in service to God, making disciples of Jesus Christ by witness and example. I would be amiss if I didn't tell you that this is the secret of my happiness and invite you to see yourselves as servant of God. Yesterday I was packing food with you and the organizer of the event came around and, and gave me credit for being the happiest packer in, in the session. Well. Yeah. They were playing dance music. <laughs> and you just make, you make it an event for yourself and for anyone. 
Come on, when's the last time you heard Chubby Checker? <laughs> well, I'll lead a class on Wednesday Night Live in November and December about this. This isn't a plug for the class. It's simply uh, to, to, to give you an open door, an opportunity for yourselves to see yourself spiritually as a beloved servant of God. It's not new to you. Most of you have already served as leaders and liturgists. Liturgists, way to go. Ushers, counters, small group ministers, choir members, committee members, a dozen other ways in this church. In the last three days, dozens of you have packed food that will feed hundreds of children for a year across the world. And you did that in three days. Happiness only increases as we see ourselves as servants of God, siblings of Jesus. He was an itinerant preacher, teacher, and healing. Our gifts may be different. Our tasks may be different. But the purpose is the same. I pray this church may be a model for other churches, for, for the community and for the world, seeing ourselves as servants of God, inviting people into a loving fellowship. This is my prayer for the church. Amen.